Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28. Look what it says here. It's so powerful. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the, everybody say called, called according to his purpose. We already dealt with that. Amen. We understand that that's not a calling to ministry, but that's a calling to identity. Who, who, those who answer their, by their name that God has called them before the foundations of the world. Amen. Amen. For whom he did foreknow. How do we know that he's talking about a name before you were born? Because he goes into foreknowledge. Who you were, who he knew you as before your mom and daddy knew you. Right? right? For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Everybody say called. Romans chapter 9, verse number 6. Um, another text that we dealt with on Sunday that we touched on, not as though the word of God had taken none effect for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel, neither because they are the seed of Abraham. Are they all children? But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Everybody say called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise, at this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works, but of him that calleth. Everybody say call. Amen. And, and let's go now. Last verse. And this is the verse that we're going to close on. And this is what God led me to after what he said on Sunday. Revelation chapter 2 verse 17. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we'll work our way towards this. This verse, Revelation chapter 2, verse 17, look what it says. The Bible reads, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Everybody say hidden manna. And will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name. Everybody say new name. Written which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. We've been foreknamed for, for glory's sake. I want to deal with you from, from that perspective. We have been foreknamed for glory's sake. We have been foreknamed for glory's sake. Father, I thank you that you seal the word that has already begun to be spoken in the earth realm concerning this body of believers in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I, I want to share. We dealt with last week the word called being named. 
God, the word called means actually God calling you by your name based off of who you were before you were born. Because before we were born, he knew us. Before we were formed in our mother's womb, he knew us, right? Amen. And because he foreknew us, he forenamed us. He gave us a name in him before we were released out of him into the world. And when he calls us, he calls us based off of that forename. That forename can only be answered to by an element called faith. Why? Because he's going to call me by some a name I myself have not called myself as. Amen. Everybody understands that when we are born into the world, we are given the world does not qualify to give us a name. The world can only give us a nickname. Amen. Glory be to God. The only one that qualifies to give us the name is the one from whose origin we find ourselves. Our origin did not come from the world. Our origin came from the father. Therefore, the father is the only one that actually knows what our name actually is. And so he calls us into a place of hope where we call those things that be not as though they were so we can meet who we were before we were born. Faith and hope are elements for us to recover an identity we had before the world tried to give us an alternate identity. Amen. Everybody following what I'm saying? And so now God begins to call us by a net, call us out of our name to us, but he's actually calling us by our name. Amen. And so we have to accept the fact that that we have a name that we have not heard that we hear through the voice of God. Amen. And begin to answer that call. Amen. Jacob answered the call of who God called him. Jacob said, bless me. And God said, well, if I'm going to bless you, I got to bless you based on how I foreknew you. Amen. What is your name? Your name is Jacob. You want me to bless you? Okay. Your name is no longer Jacob. It is Israel. So you have then Jacob who represents the individual that understands that he has to get the promise from the father, glory be to God, in a name d different from his own or as he knows himself. The first time he gets the birthright, he gets it in another man's name. He puts on another man. And then now, because he understands if I'm going to get what I need to get from the father, it's not going to be based off of who I know myself as. God can change his name. You have Esau who allows a, a temporary circumstance to give him a permanent identity. Therefore, he cannot be called by his name because he's allowed his circumstance to name him. The world is constantly trying to name us. Even when we stop doing drugs, we're a recovering addict. That's our name. Even, glory be to God, amen, even after we survive the molestation, we, there, there, there's name. You, you know, you look, at, you look at all of the different names of the people in the Bible. You got blind Bartimaeus. That's not his name. Guess what? He ain't blind no more. You got the woman at the well. She, she ain't at the well no more. Amen. You have the paralytic. You have all these people still carrying names that don't connect with the identity after the Lord restored their work condition. Amen. That, that's not their name. Amen. 
Y'all do know that ain't, we call them the paralytic. The Bible didn't really call them that anymore. That's just what whoever gave the subtitles called them. Right? I want you to notice something. God changed Abram's name to Abraham. God changed Sarai's name to Sarah. God changed Jacob's name to Israel. God changed Simon's name to Peter. Amen. And God changed Saul's name to Paul. Now, this is what we got to understand. The fact that God changed their name is proof that at one point, please hear me, they were going by a name that was not their name because God never changes. He's eternal. If he changed their name, that means they were going by a name that wasn't their name. God never changes. Glory be to God. And so now if he changed their name, he changed it into what it always was, although they didn't always know what it was. Everybody follow what I'm saying notice but this is what I really want you to notice which is going to lead into what I want to share concerning who we are in our identity notice the fact that God changed the end of Abraham and Sarah's name y'all notice that right he changed Abram to Abraham he changed Sarai AI to Sarah AH which means what this is what we got to catch the world had the beginning right but the ending wrong I'm going to say that again. The world had the beginning of their name right, but the end of their name wrong, which means the name dictates destiny, which means they uh, they could begin, but they couldn't end. See, the devil doesn't mind us starting as long as we don't finish. You don't mind how we start. Ask Adam and Eve. They started perfect. Glory be to God. But that, he says you must count. If you're going to build a tower, you must count up the cost. What they were were named Abram and Sarah would lock them outside of their destiny had their name not been changed. They could start on a path of destiny but never finish. Abraham could start it but only Abraham could finish it. Sarai could start it but only Sarah could finish it. They had a name that would keep them in incomplete purpose if it isn't changed. Everybody follow what I'm saying? So the enemy, the enemy doesn't mind us getting the front end right. Come on. We all, we got plenty of people that know how to get the front end right. We got to go to church and give our life to Jesus and and make sure we live right so we don't go to hell. Amen. The religious tradition that keeps us, amen, from ever living a one thing lifestyle, one thing that I desire and that will I seek after. Come on. We all got the front end right. We need to get it right. We need to uh, live whatever, but we never enter into the lifestyle of the kingdom of God we never finish we, we'll leave the club but we never enter into what we left the club for amen so the enemy doesn't mind you getting the beginning right as long as the ending is wrong so God puts Ham at the end of Abram and Ah at the end of Sarah because their name as it was would not allow them to ever enter into their destiny as the family through which all the other families of the earth would be blessed through. See, what I need you to understand is our name won't allow us to enter into destiny until God calls us by our forename. Our name won't allow us. There is a name that we can start with, but there must be a name change that we finish with. Everybody following what I'm saying? So, so now, um, Shelby, put up that first slide for me of Genesis 17. I want to show you how um, 
the Abram and, and Sarai's name are changed. Um, Genesis 17, verse 4, look at this. It says, this is when God changes Abram's name after he has been walking with, Abram has been walking with God now for over 23 years. Amen. He's been walking with God for the promise for 23 years at this point, over 23 years. He says, as for me, behold, this is God. He shows up and he tells Abram, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shall be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram. But thy name shall be called, shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations, I have made what? Thee. He changes Abram's name. Ain't that funny when it's time to finally have the child, there has to be a name that's changed, that that name could only get him to the place where they knew they were going to have the child, but they couldn't have a child until that name was changed. But if you notice, it wasn't just Abram. Amen. Go to the next slide. The Bible goes on in that same text, goes on to say, Genesis chapter 17, verse 15 through 21, and God said unto Abraham, as for Sarai, thy wife, Thou shalt not call, everybody say call. Her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yeah, and I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Uh, if you go on, it, it goes on to say, um, by my covenant in verse 21 will I establish with Isaac which Sarah shall bear to thee at this set time in the next year or by this time next year you Sarah is going to have a baby now I want you to notice something as he, he goes on to say look at what God says in his dialogue with Abraham he says as for thy wife Sarai Thou shalt not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be, because her ability to conceive is based off of what you call her. He said, this time next year, she's going to have a child, but, but her ability to conceive is based off of what you call her. Notice the, vo uh, the wording of verse 16. God says to Abraham, after you start calling Sarai, Sarah, and I will bless her and give thee a son of her. He's talking about a different her within the same her. Y'all know that, right? At that point, he's not talking about the Sarai her. He's talking about the Sarah her. In essence, God told Abraham, watch this, to start calling her by her forename, who she was before she was formed in her mother's womb, and I'm going to open up her womb. Please follow what I'm saying. In short, call her who she were before time, so time won't be a factor in her having a child call her who she was uh, y'all miss that before time so time won't be a factor in her having a child Sarah's uh, past age but Sarah is ageless uh, y'all miss what I'm saying I'm trying to say that again Sarah is past age she's 90 but Sarah is ageless why can Sarah have a baby at 90 years old because Sarah isn't 90 y'all miss what I'm saying 
Sarah is 90, calling Sarah her forename gave her access to her timeless nature. Do you know before we were in time, we were in eternity, and in eternity your name was Sarah. So though your outward man perish, y'all ain't hearing me, it's New Testament. Your inward man is renewed. And what Sarah can't do, when you answer the call of your name named Sarah, you're going to be able to do it. So, Sarah, out of a 90-year-old body, can birth a newborn baby. Why? Because she answered the call. That ain't a call to be a deacon. That ain't a call to be an elder. That ain't a call to be a prophet. That's a call to who you were called before you were born. Amen? She heard her name. Call her Sarah. Right? The very next verse, Abram, Abraham calls her Sarah. The very next verse. I love Abraham's obedience. Amen. Look at this. Go, put up a Hebrews 11 and 11. Look what it says about Sarah real fast. And then we're going to move. I just want to work this a little bit and help you understand the importance of calling. You know, I think I'm called to preach. You don't even know your calling. What's your name? And do you feel like you're any less than anything because you don't have a title? If so, you don't know your name. Hebrews 11, 11. Through faith. Everybody say through faith. For a name is answered by faith. There is no evidence that that is who you are besides the fact that God said it. Y'all know that, right? There's no evidence. When God calls you by your name, there's no evidence that that's your name besides the fact that God said it. Right? Through faith. Everybody say through faith. Also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. Do y'all hear that? Through faith, Sarah received strength to conceive seed. That means when she said yes to having the baby, she didn't have the strength to have the baby. But when she believed what God said, God gave her the strength to have. So in other words, I can't do it. I ain't got the strength. But did God say you're going to do it? So if God said you're going to do it, even if you ain't got the strength, but you will get the strength through saying yes to what God called you. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength. She was weak when she heard the call. Received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Because why? Because she knew she was strong. Because she knew she was anointed. Because she knew how to stand on the word. Because she judged him faithful. God, who had made the promise. Faith is not about your strength. Faith is about your judgment of God's character. Faith is about how much you see the character of God according to who God says he is. It has nothing to do with your own strength. It's just whether or not you know how good God really is. How good God really is. What I'm, what I'm, see, this is what we need to understand. So Sarah, out of a 90-year-old body, can birth a newborn baby. What I'm saying is this, and this is what should get us excited. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how much time you feel like you don't have anymore or how much time you have wasted, how much ground you still have to cover. Please hear me. When God calls you by your forename, he, by that act, has redeemed the time by giving you access to who you were in timeless 
nature and timeless existence. Pastor, what are you saying? What other people can't do after age 30, you will do at the age of 60, 70, and 80 because you heard your ageless name. I need somebody in here to give God some praise. What it takes the average person 10, 20, and 30 years to accomplish, you're going to do in two, three, four, and five years because God is calling you by your forename. Now, you ain't getting excited about that if you're an Esau because you can't see that, but if you're a Jacob... I'm just talking to the Jacobs. If you're a Jacob, the calling causes something to jump in you that you can't explain because you ain't going to figure out how it can happen. All I know is I'm judging him faithful who said he's going to do it. Sarah, listen to this. This is so powerful. Sarah, let me put it this way. Sarah had worked to try to have that promised seed for 24 years. Sarai had worked to try to have that promised seed for 24 years. God shows up, changes her name, and says, by this time next year. She had tried to have it for 24 years. God changes her name and says, by this time next year. It doesn't matter how many times you've tried. It doesn't matter how many times you failed. Your name is changing. I just want to announce to about 25 Jacobs in this house that your name is changing. So God's word for you is by this time next year, there are some things you tried to fulfill for years that are coming. They're about to arrive in your life. Our forename gives us right to fulfillment to show up in spite of time. Come on, look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor by this time next year. Because God is changing my name. By this time, there's some stuff I tried to start for 10 years by this time next year. There's some stuff I tried to overcome for 15 by this time next year. There's some things I tried to put in place by this time. God is changing my name. Many times we can't do it because the person we're trying to do it in ain't capable of, we're not capable of doing it in. Amen? Many are called, but few are. The problem is we hear the call from God in the wrong man. God, you got the right call. You're just using the wrong man to get it done. Abram had the right call. He just couldn't get it done in that man. There had to be a name change. So, so, so what we got to understand is, now watch this, track it and track it well. Based on the precedent set by God, changing Abram's name to Abraham and Sarai's name to Sarah, because only out of their forename, everybody say forename, could they conceive God's promise for their life, we must conclude that changing our name alters our possibilities. Can I talk to you for a minute? Changing our name alters our possibilities. What was impossible for Abram was by this time next year possible for Abraham. What was impossible for Sarai was by this time next year possible for Sarah. A changing in an individual's name alters that individual's possibilities. What am I saying, people of God? I am saying that God has brought us to a place called Peniel. He has brought us to a place called Face 
face to face with him and he is changed he is in the midst right now we are actually wrestling with God if you've never seen a wrestling match this is what it looks like we are actually wrestling with God that that banner is a part of wrestling with God that banner is a part of wrestling with God all of this you have witnessed a wrestling match that's about to enter into its culmination in a change of names amen him changing our name is him announcing that he's changing what's possible for our individual and corporate lives. I want you to hear me. Hear me, Jacob. His changing our name is him announcing that he's changing what's possible for our individual and corporate lives. There are certain things that we couldn't do for 11 years, please hear me, that by this time next year we'll be able to do. That, come on, glory be to God. There are things that are possible for us to accomplish in corporate prayer that have never been possible for us to accomplish in prayer together. Did y'all hear what I just said? There are measures of God's presence and power that we can taste and touch that are possible now that weren't possible when we got together before. Why do I keep on naming stuff we're already doing? Because Abram, Abram and Sarai were having intimacy for 24 years. Y'all ain't hearing me. Trying to have a baby. But when God changed their name he changed the possibility on a same act it's the same act but it now has a different possibility so now when we get together and pray heaven opens now when we lay hands on sick folk get healed now when we speak to demons demons flee there is a new possibility based off of old acts because we are in a new name Having a new name doesn't mean necessarily doing everything new. It, what it means is doing old things in a new man that gets a better result. Amen? So there are possibilities, please hear me, in the realm of passing on legacy to our children that weren't possible before the moment of the name change. Our children are about to get so excited about getting what God has put on us. They're about to start getting wrecked by the Spirit of God. They're about to start having fire lit on in the inside of them. You're about to start seeing in them a well rising up into worship. But why, why, why am I saying that, Pastor? We didn't have them for years. Years, but our name is changing. The possibilities to impact our children's life is like it's never been. There are possibilities in the realm of business. There are possibilities in the realm of finance. There are possibilities, I need somebody to get excited, in the realm of entrepreneurship that weren't possible before this place called Peniel that we're in right now. I need somebody in here to begin to bless God in God's saying approach corporate prayer differently because you got new possibilities. God Almighty. When you fast together, don't fast like you normally fast together because there's new possibilities in your fasting together. Don't sing songs like you always sing songs in worship because there's possibilities that you have in worship that you didn't have before. Not because you're singing a new song, but you're singing it out of a new man. Amen. So, a change in a individual's name 
is to alter that individual's possibilities. Why is that? Please hear me closely. When God changes our name, he changes our nature. Within the name of a thing is the nature of a thing. Y'all know that, right? If I held up a picture of a gorilla right now and said, this is a kitten, what you going to do? Something wrong with you, why? Because that ain't the nature of a kitten. They're little, cute, little, pretty little things. When you think of a gorilla, you think of a big old strong um, masculine strap, something that can knock 500 pounds across the, you know, across the room. Amen. Because within the name of a thing is the nature of a thing. God made it where now the nature of a thing is tied to what it's called. Amen. So now, now watch this. The nature of a thing is connected to the name of a thing. You have Saul the Pharisee in the New Testament. You have Saul the king in the Old Testament. Saul the Pharisee in the New Testament is named after Saul the king in the Old Testament. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, be careful of your name. Saul the king of the Old Testament sets the greatest and strongest military force in all the world at that time to kill one man because he's anointed to be the next king. Right. All out of jealousy and envy, right? Saul the Pharisee in the New Testament sets out, glory be to God, to destroy the church conceived by the anointed one who sits on the throne of Saul still trying to kill David. Saul is still trying to kill David. Why? Because you named your boy after a murderous, envious king. See, we have to, in this generation, we have to start raising our children to be sensitive enough to the spirit of God to tap into the forename of that child before that child comes. I know you always wanted to name your child Mandy. That was your name. But you need to ask God what their name is because if God, oh, glory be to God, don't mess around and make Make God have to rename your child because you named him after your favorite singer. And you never asked God what was their name. See, we got to raise this generation different. Don't you sit up there. I've had children in my class. They've been named Cavassier, Cognac, Glory, but just crazy stuff because we don't understand with that name comes that nature. You going to sit up there and tell me that a little girl named Cognac is going to come and wear pixie tails and wear long skirts down to her knees. No, she ain't because her name won't allow her to operate in that nature. You can't frivolously throw names out because you like the way they sound. How are you going to name your son after a murderous king? And he turns around and tries to murder the king of glory. Amen? With the name comes the nature. So we raise our children to know and understand the meaning of names. And understand the meaning of their name. Amen? You can't name your child your pop star. You can't name your child a character in a movie. Why? Because they'll take on the nature of actors. Bunch of pretenders. 
with the name comes the nature. Amen? Now watch this. I said all that to get us here, and this is where I want to work to. Amen. As God is in the place of changing our name. Revelation 2, verse 17. I thank God for the mercy of God to be named Jeremiah. I feel fire in my bones. I do. And I'm not afraid of men faces, and I thank them for it. I thank God for my name. Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. Look at this. This is so powerful. Watch. Now watch, y'all. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Now, the first thing I want to bust the bubble is, is he's talking to a church, not an individual, but he's talking to the church like one person. Because we are to grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. There cannot be a hundred people coming and saying, you don't know my name. See, if you read it in an immature state, you will actually divide something that God is trying to bring together. Everybody following what I'm saying? Right? So, so now watch this. So notice two things. Watch this, two things. Hidden manna and new name. Y'all see that? So powerful. Hidden manna and new name, right? The word hidden comes from the Greek word crypto. And it's where we get our English word cryptic. It means to conceal a thing so that it may not become known. It means to conceal a thing so that it may not become known. Crypto, amen, is cryptic, it, which involves deciphering a code. If you, the, uh, different games, you can bust codes for the young people. You can, different codes you can use to break in a phone, amen, and so forth and so on. It's, it's a cryptic, it's of a cryptic nature. Jesus was telling the church, watch this, of Pergamos, if you overcome, I will give you of the cryptic manner. God, that's so powerful. Uh, that which has been purposely concealed only to be known by the overcomer. Amen? Everybody say cryptic manna. Now, this is what's powerful about this is how can you know manna when manna is a question? Manna means the question, what is it? Literally. Manna. Y'all got to catch what God is saying right here. Manna literally means, what is it? Its name is a question. The question is, what is it? That means I don't know what it is. Israel was fed from heaven for 40 years with manna that they did not know what it was. It filled them. It nourished them. It kept them alive for 40 years and they would feed it to each other and one would ask the other, what is it? I don't know. All I know is it's coming from heaven and it's keeping us alive. Y'all, this is what I just said. I really don't know. I can't put my finger on it. What it is, I can't tell you how it happened. I can't tell you why I still made it. I can't tell you what it is and why I'm still here. All I know is it came from heaven and it's keeping me alive. Right? All I know is what is it? Because they never knew what they were eating. It's dangerous to not know the food you're eating. I'm going to talk about that in an oh, 
So Jesus, now watch this. This is such a profound, profound truth about name change. Jesus was saying, I will give you hidden what is it. Say what? Jesus was saying, I will give you hidden, what is it? I will give you hidden questions. You won't be asking for what everybody else is asking for. Your what is it will be hidden. God, I'm trying to help you understand something. I'm about to take it there in just a minute. Everybody follow what I'm saying? See, see, there's a whole bunch of what is it that ain't hidden. What is it do I need to do to get a job? Now, that's a legitimate question, but that's not hidden manner, or that's not a hidden question. Everybody asks for God to give them a job. Y'all don't want to talk to me. Uh, uh, you, there is no hidden manner in that. Your what is it won't be when you're going for hidden manner. What is it do I need to do to enter into my season? That's not hidden manner or hidden question. Everybody asks, what do I need to do to enter into my season? Hidden manner is hidden hunger. God, I'm about to talk in a minute because it feeds you. I'm going to say that again. Hidden manna is hidden hunger. Hidden manna is requests of God out of a deep divine desire for him that most don't have a deep enough desire for God to even be conscious enough to ask him for. I'm going to say that again. Hidden manna is requests of God out of a deep divine desire for him that most don't have a deep enough desire for God to be even be conscious enough to ask for. What is it do I need to do to be able to hear your voice all day, every day when in the morning, in the evening, in the afternoon? That's hidden manna. How do I live a life where everything I do flows out of loving you with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. That is hidden manna. Hidden manna is requests of God out of a deep divine desire for him alone that only a divine passion permits a perception to even know to ask for. I'm going to say that again. Hidden manna is requests of God out of a deep divine desire for him alone that only a divine passion permits to, to permits even a perception to even know to ask for. What is it do I need to do to be financially free? That's a legitimate question, but that ain't hidden manna. Everybody and their mama want to know what God can tell them so they can be financially free. What is it do I need to do to be free? What do I need to do to be whole? What do I need to be to be happy? What do I need to do to be satisfied? Those are all legitimate questions, but none of them are hidden manner. Everybody and their mama want that from God. Amen? Watch this. I'm going to say this again. It's so powerful. Hidden manner is requests of God out of a deep divine desire for him alone that releases permission to have a perception to know to ask God for hidden things or things others aren't allowed to even have the awareness to ask him for. You want to show you something? Put up that next slide. Let me show you something. The third one. This is supposed to be an aha moment in this. Uh, John 16, verse 24, look at this. Hitherto have you not asked nothing in my name. Ask and what? That's the promise. Why am I asking for stuff that I'm not receiving? You ever asked that? Well, James 4 and 2. I'm going to just go to the last part. You fight and war, yet you have not because you what? 
Obviously, James was talking about hidden manna. Because how many of you are not going to ask for something you know 100% you're sure you're going to get? The only way you're not going to ask for something that 100% sure you're going to get if you ask for it, if you don't know to ask for it. You have not because you what? Because there's not a deep enough desire for God to want stuff outside of what mainstream church wants. Everybody wants cars. Everybody wants to have their own business. Everybody wants to be debt free. Everybody wants to have a house on the hill. Well, God is saying, where are the people that want the hidden manna? Right? You have not because you don't even know to ask for it. Right? Watch this. God's promises, God promises the overcomer grace to ask for what the common believer will never be allowed the consciousness to ask for. You won't even know to ask for. He said, he said the common believer, I'm going to hide it from the common believer and only show it to the person whose heart beats only for me. It's hidden manna. It's certain things that I'm not even going to tell you to ask me because I'll give it to you, but you don't love me enough. You'll prostitute my promise. So I'm going to hide it from you, and I'm going to tell this person to ask me so I can give it to them. Do you understand if you don't ask, you can't receive? Well, how are you going to ask for something you don't know how to, what to ask for? And if you're operating in lust, you're going to keep on asking amiss? Hit manna. So, God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for selflessness. God, I thank you to have grace on my life to make myself of no reputation, to operate in no measures of self-promotion and no desire for platforms out of an illegitimate ambition to be seen. Anybody ask for that lately? Guess what? You can get it. God, I thank you for grace to deny myself go, uh, yeah, and take up my cross like Jesus uh, and follow. Anybody ask for that lately? God, I thank you for grace to suffer good. Yeah, I thank you for grace uh, to suffer like Jesus, uh, to hang on the cross and not say a mumbling word, to be like a sheep before the sharer. Guess what? You can have that. Are you asking for it? It's hidden manna. It's hidden manna. It's hidden to the outward man. As long as you're living in the outward man, you're going to try to minister to your outward man. It's hidden to the outward man and only seen when you live out of the inward man. Come on, we already talked about that. I shouldn't have to do a review on that. Your outward man won't never know to ask for it. Amen. How many things are we asking for that God would have a problem dropping on us tonight? But we have not because we what? Because I don't need peace. I need a new car. I don't need to be holy like Jesus needs to be holy. I need a financial breakthrough. Right? Seek first the kingdom of God and all of his. And all these things shall be. When you get the affection right, the addition comes automatically. The problem is, is when you make the addition your affection and leave the one that's more affectionate about you than anything else. You're, now you're rolling the dice. You might get it, you might not. Right? So watch this. Hidden manna is a hidden, what is it? 
It's what Jesus gives a church. He's talking to a church. He's talking to a church. He's talking to the church of Pergamos. It's what Jesus gives a church that seeks after the uncommon, unseen promises of God from heaven. What, what are these things? These are all a part of bringing us to Peniel, the place where we're just facing God. We ain't even facing ministry goals. We ain't trying to bring everybody in this church. We ain't, no, we're just facing God. It's the place called Peniel, beholding him, speaking him, operating in immutability like him, righteousness and holiness by faith in Christ, enthroning Jesus. Right? So the promise to be given hidden manna is the promise of being given a narrow path pursuit in the midst of a church culture seeking after broad is the way blessings. See, you might want to throw up a red flag if you and Steve Harvey have in common what you call blessings of the Lord. You might, there, there's a red flag right there. If Steve Harvey can get up on TV and say, these are the blessings of the Lord, and you can stand up in church and say, these are the blessings of the Lord, those are broad as the way blessings. Because he don't even know what to ask for. I want the glory. God, I'm, I want the righteousness of God. I want God more than I want anything else, and I want God to make me want him no more than anything else. I want one desire. I want to be single. I want the Holy Ghost to rest on me like he rested on Jesus. I want the Spirit of God to move through me like he moved through him. I want to be in the earth but not of the earth. I want to have my camp conversation above and not beneath. That Steve Harvey ain't talking that. That's hidden, man. That's for a Pergamos church. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, sanctify your manna. Watch this. Too many saints that are brought all the way blessings. Girl, I got my blessing, and you actually put that on the front of a car that's going to break down in two months. And put yourself right in line with a whole bunch of folk that don't even know what to ask for. Why y'all quiet? When your blessing is to be victorious no matter where you are. Are you going to wait until you got something that you want? Or are you going to be victorious now? God said, I want, I'm so bad. What I want to do is I, I want to let the devil know that no weapon formed to get you is able to prosper. And so I want to give you a joy unspeakable in the midst of a situation that other folks die in. I guarantee you it's priceless in the midst of problems to have a real praise more so than it is to dance your way into a blessing. Watch this. Revelation 2, 17. Watch this. This is so powerful. I'm going to read it again. Revelation 2, verse 17. You can put that back up. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white, hmm, kinda, yuck, 
and in the stone a new name written, which no man saving him that receiveth it. I believe that God is releasing a grace to behold the word like never before. And there are people that are getting smacked with this word as I'm reading right. If you read that and behold that, it'll mess you up if you read that and behold it. When we're willing to go after, watch this, hidden manna, the hidden things of God that others aren't willing to go after uh, with uh, or go after that hidden manna. Watch this. It With the hidden manna comes a new name. Y'all following what I'm saying? With the hidden manna comes a new name. An unseen pursuit gives us access to an unheard name. An unseen pursuit gives us access to an unheard name. Notice first, now this is where we got to go crazy. Notice first that the new name comes carved in a white stone. Jesus is the stone, y'all miss me, that the builders rejected. It's a name given in Jesus' name, y'all. See, I'm trying to help y'all understand this thing. This ought to mess you up right here. He writes a name in the stone. So in Jesus' name, I'm giving you a name. God Almighty, I'm trying to help somebody up in here right now. It's our name in his name. A name in the stone that the builders rejected. Why is it important to point out because Jesus wants to give us an identity within his so we can move out of the religious mindset. All of him and none of me, shut your religious mouth. He wants to give us a name in his name. He gives, he, he didn't say my name is Jesus, but I'm going to give you a name in Jesus God, a name in the stone. Uh, look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, I got a name in the stone. Uh, I got a name in the stone. Uh, I got a name that don't nobody know in the stone. Uh, a name that demons tremble in the stone. Uh, a, a name that sickness flees in the stone. Uh, a name where joy comes in the stone. Uh, a name where victory is wrought in the stone. I got a name in his name. Can I help you? Can I take it a step further? When Simon recognized that Jesus was the Christ, Brian, he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replies, his reply was, and you are Peter. You were Simon, glory, but you are Peter. And on this rock, Sunday, I shall build my church. When Simon recognized Jesus' identity, Jesus gave Simon the name Peter within the identity he recognized. In knowing him, he knows me. Rather that you know God or are known, y'all ain't hearing me, of God. I need somebody that recognizes that you got a name in his name, that demons flee. That when you say in Jesus' name, my name is in his. When you say in Jesus' name, you be healed, my name is in his. Uh, we got a name. We got a name in a stone. We got a name in a stone. We got a name in a stone that the builders have rejected. We got a name in the stone that the builders have rejected. So, so watch this. This is so powerful. Jesus wants to give us an identity within his. It connects with the principle of the father for knowing us. Y'all know this all goes together, right? It connects with the principle of the Father, what? For knowing us. We were in him before the foundations. We were in him before the foundations of the world. Those he foreknew, he foreknamed or named in him. 
We had a name in him already. We have a name within the stone that the builders rejected. Do they ever tell your neighbor, I got a name in his name. So Paul, I know. Jeremiah, I know, and Jesus, I know. And who are you? Oh, the, the, the devil don't like it when we start going like that. See, y'all didn't notice the fact that the demons put Paul and Jesus side by side because Paul was actually in, y'all ain't hear me, Paul was actually that much in an in him place in God. He had so much chased after hidden manna. Do you understand the whole, every epistle he wrote was hidden manna? It was stuff that other folk couldn't talk, couldn't say. He was so caught up with God and he so came out of the world that when demons mentioned Jesus, they had to mention Paul too because every time I see Jesus, I see Paul. And every time I see Paul, I see. He had a name written in the stone. What is God doing? He's wetting our appetite for identity. He's wetting your appetite for identity. You are more than what religion has taught you you are. You are more than, than, than somebody, a sinner that is saved and falls down. and get, You are more than somebody that has to ask for basic necessities. I just want to make it through the week. You're more than that. That ain't hidden, man. I just want to get through this. You're more than that. I just want to stop sinning. You're more than that. There's a life after the struggle with sin. Hidden manna. Watch this. Conde mansi by Koran. Conde mansi yada. Watch this. Watch this. Hidden manna is an unseen pursuit that gives us access to an unheard name. Watch this. That's unknown by everyone. Besides the ecclesia of people who received that name. Nobody else knows that name besides the church that received that name. Nobody knows that name besides the people, the company that received that name. Come on, y'all got to track it. New name, new nature. Y'all follow what I'm saying? What Jesus was telling this church was, watch this. I want to give you a new name in my name that gives you an unknown piece of my nature. I want to give you a name in my name that gives you an unknown piece of my nature. A piece of my nature nobody else has but you. Nobody else can know it but you. God, I'm, can, are you wetting your appetite? See, this is a part of the, the, the meal of your new, our new name. This ain't old name preaching. I'm already preaching us into our new name. Because if the truth be told, I already heard what it is. Watch this. So now what we got to understand is, watch this. What Jesus was saying is, I want to give you a new name in my name that gives you an unknown piece of my nature. A name no man knows saving he that receive it. A name that no church knows except the church that. Jesus was telling the church of Pergamos, I want to give you a nature no one else knows but you and it's going to be by me giving you a name that nobody else can have. 
right? Now, that word know, we've dealt with it several times. Gnosko, it, amen. It literally is the Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse between a man or a woman, but it's something more than that. It is knowledge grounded on personal experience. Amen? It is knowledge which no man knoweth. In other words, no, no man will have a personal experience and be able to personally experience what you release. And I'm going to break it down in a minute. It's knowledge grounded on personal experience. It's a difference from me sitting on the sideline of an NBA basketball game and giving my critique about how good or bad players are. Glory be to God. Then me, then if I've actually played in an NBA game, glory be to God, if I've actually played in an NBA game, I got a different perspective. Usually people who are actually played aren't so quick to call people trash. Usually it's the people that never played that are called people trash because they've never actually played and understood the level of competition that it takes to get the job done. He's saying this is now a no based off of personal experience. You're not a bystander watching the game giving your inexperienced judgment of how good players are, but you've actually been in the game yourself. Right? So this is what I need you to understand. It's not known from the standpoint of being aware of or knowing something mentally. God is not saying that people won't know our name. They won't know what we, what we call ourselves. He's not saying that. That no man knows. It's like, oh, I can't tell you my name. That ain't what he's talking about. People are going to know the name we're called. Right? That's not the knowing. Amen? So, so now it's more so, they won't be permitted to know the nature we operate out of. So, no gnosko by personal experience. Other churches, believers, and movements will know mentally what we're doing. Come on. The glory we're releasing. The healings that are happening. The tangible measures of presence of God that remain in our midst. But they won't be able to know by personal experience the nature we're operating out of in order to release what we're releasing from heaven. Everybody find what I'm saying? They'll be able to benefit from it, but won't know it, only us who this name has been given to. God is about to release a corporate measure of his nature upon an entire people. This name change now changes what's already been birthed into a nation. You know, Jacob already had the children before he was changed to Israel. They were just his 12 boys when he was Jacob. But when his name was changed to Israel, they became a nation. What? That name shifted, amen, the nature of what came out of that man. What I'm telling you is there's a nature that's shifting by this name that is changing. Watch this. But only an unseen pursuit gives us access to an unknown name. As we seek out the hidden manna, we access our hidden name. I want you to understand something right now. I'm not going to preach about breakthroughs, cars, and you not breaking down throughout the week. So that means if people come in and that's what they need, they got to go. I'm going to say that again. I'm not preaching about people getting through the week, getting money, getting breakthroughs, getting cars and houses. And if that's what people come for, they won't get that there, so they're going to starve. So they got to go. Right. Amen? Amen? 
What do we do to have to overcome? What do we have to overcome? This is the last part of, of, of my message. Trying to be a pattern of something, not pursuing hidden manna. We have to overcome trying to pattern our ministry and messages after people who are not preaching hidden manna. Right. Amen? I know people are preaching breakthroughs, and I know you wouldn't got one, but I ain't preaching it. I have to overcome the temptation to bring us out of a place where we can't get a name. Right. A name rides on this. Everybody follow what I'm saying? Amen. We have to overcome the pressure to attempt to live and preach things that are popular in the church community for the sake of being accepted. We can't trade in our forename for being popularly accepted. We can't succumb to the pressure of trying to do church on mainstream themes for the sake of popular agreement with the people that have no hidden hunger. If there's no part of you that hungers for a God that you can't see, and you leave and you get everything you needed from this church, then I have now compromised my assignment to, to cultivate a hidden hunger. What do you like? What type of foods do you like? You like the foods you've tasted. What I'm telling you is our name demands a different taste bud. I'm about to teach you how to hunger for something you ain't hungered for. I'm about to feed you stuff you ain't never been fed. We're going to change our taste buds up in this place. Amen. The price you have to pay for a new name in many cases is being a no name. I'm going to say that again. The price you have to pay for being, for, to pay for a new name is being a no name. Everybody, you know, you should be on stage. You should be, no, I shouldn't. Amen? Because if I was in front of a whole bunch of people, then I'm going to probably, 95% of them, I'm going to be all on their toes, in their face. And I, I won't even be able to preach free because I got to rebuke them so much. Y'all right. know I got to preach based off of the condition of the hearts of the people I'm in front of, right? I ain't even going to be free because I'm going to rebuke him the whole time. The reason why you can get this message is because your heart has been cultivated. Right. Amen? Amen? The price you have to pay for a new name in many cases is being a no name. Because we live in a church age that has deified confirmation. If God was going to speak it, he would tell me first. Do you understand how stupid that is? What's the point of preachers? Why y'all looking at me like that? Because you said it, didn't you? Why? So you can hear. Why do you, what you mean you would hear it? How do you ever hear what eyes have not seen or ear heard if you got to hear it first? Everybody just say, El Stupido. That's stupid. It don't even make sense. Flesh makes you stupid. Amen? The only way, amen, I, I, I know I got the prophecy. There's some prophecies that are giving you an open door to something that you don't even have an ear to hear. God never told me I was going to do that, so I know that wasn't God. Because who you are, amen, and the name you carry won't accept that calling. 
So sometimes a prophet has to come and tell you who you are. Because you really don't know. I didn't feel right when they were telling me that. I just felt funny. Because he is pronouncing the death of the person you're operating out of when he's telling you who you really are. Of course you're going to feel funny because somebody got to go. As I begin to tell you your forename, what you've been named as, realize my time is getting short. <laughs> I felt funny. You're supposed to feel funny. I was uncomfortable. Yeah, because I'm killing them. You tell me somebody that died comfortable. Amen. When they were being killed. You ain't talking about hospice house. That nails and hammers coming out. Right. Amen. A new name gives us access to a new nature that hasn't been seen. What if I stop preaching to you about helping you get through it in the person you know yourself as? And what if we begin to enter into the person that can't be defeated by? What would you rather have to get a temporary victory in who you operate in that you know in two more months you're going to be feeling some type of way again? Right. Or enter into the man that you ain't got to deal with that. No, you, you can overcome it. Which one do you want? Do you want the hidden manner? Do you understand it's hidden manner? It's not just hidden from, from people who are seeking God. It's hidden from the enemy too. He that dwelleth in the secret place. Come on, there are some places you can hide. When, God, when you begin to really touch the hidden things of God, there are some things you can hide in that God spoke in your heart. Glory be to God that God is doing in your spirit. You hiding in that thing, and the enemy can't find you. There's stuff that usually grabs you by Wednesday that can't grab you. Stuff that usually come against you by Saturday that can't come against you. Why? Because you hiding and don't even know it. Glory be to God. Amen. You ever seen one of those movies when somebody turned invisible and they didn't know they were invisible? So when somebody walked in the room, they start doing like this, like, oh, God, they got caught, and then they realized that they can't be seen by that person that walked in the room. What I need you to understand is as you begin to eat hidden manna, it gives you a hiding place. It gives you the ability. The devil could be right there, but I promise you no weapon formed against you is able to prosper. I promise that his aim, he won't know what he's shooting at. I promise you that God is going to cause you to dwell under the shadow of the all. There's a hiding place. There's a hiding place. 